I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this yeah. Is, we're getting into it. This we're, is great. It's this is, it's well, we're getting into it too because we're for the first time both of us recording in your in my house. haunted location, my haunted house. Your yes, haunted so, house with yep. your your guest that's here on this podcast. Yep. With yeah, us. yeah, the, the silent visitor. So hopefully, if you guys are listening to this, we don't get too many EVPs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows though? So, uh, especially since we are going to be talking for spooky season. Spooky season. Um, we are wonderfully talking some of our favorite Halloween books. Yes, today. and so listeners, if you are not an avid reader, which we hope everybody is, because the fact is, there's so much that can be contained in books, and if you don't like actually reading, get audiobooks. Seriously, yeah. because. Believe it or not, you'll find that some of this literature we're talking about is way, way more deep and entrenched of a story than sometimes the movies or TV shows that some of these are based on that you find. Yep. And some of them are movies, so we'll comment on that if if there is a movie version of the book yeah. that we love. And some of these should be movies that aren't, aren't. you know, yes. because oh. uh, it's sad. You know, some of these things are difficult to translate to film, and uh you know, and that's, you know, and, and they all sometimes lose a little something, but sometimes they gain a little something. And in we'll the talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I will say this, though, for travelers, I think we should start with the fact that if you've been following along with us, I have been reading one of Mark's favorite books of all time. Which is by Robert Zelazny. Roger Zelazny. Roger. I don't, I keep calling you, you call Robert. I don't know, but uh, the late, great Roger Zelazny. Uh, and you know, with illustrations by Graham uh, Gahan Wilson. Gahan Wilson. So yes, and I keep wanting to call him Graham. So because that's it's... okay, we can mess up the names. I yeah. put it correctly. So I'm going to read the blurb for the back of this yes. book, and it is called "A Night in the Lonesome October." So all this not what it seems. In the murky London gloom, a knife-wielding gentleman named Jack prowls the midnight streets with his faithful watchdog Snuff gathering together the grisly ingredients they will need for an upcoming and ancient and unearthly rite. For soon, the death of the moon, black magic, will summon the elder gods back into the world. And all manner of players, both human and undead, are preparing to participate. Some have come to the open gates, some have come to slam them shut, and now the dread night approaches, so let the games begin. Ooh, I got chills. I got chills. So, when this airs, I will be on day 24. You read a chapter a day. So if you want to, we're going to include a link in the show notes for this book. You can catch up with me. It's not very, very long. There is a wonderful audio version of yep. the book. which Read by the author. And then there's uh, there's another one read by another, you know, but uh, get the one read by the author. Get the one read by the author. We will um, put it in the show notes so you guys can follow along with it. But I have to say what's brilliant about this book, and I'm loving it, because it's actually told by Snuff. Snuff is the one basically telling us this the story, yeah. which is the dog, the watchdog. And the watchdog has very specific duties, but there are a lot of other animal familiars in this. And it's mainly told from their perspective about their masters and their 
they're, they're partners in this. So it is super exciting. Um, what do you want to say about this? Because you've been like prop, almost prophetizing. Yeah, this book, is this so. is one I give out every Halloween to friends and family because people start picking it up in early October and by then it's gone. You know, it, it's you usually goes out of print fairly often and regularly because it's Rogers Live. He's no longer with us. Uh, the uh, the Amber Estate is going through legal battles and stuff. Uh, recently, uh, Stephen Colbert just bought the rights to everything. So we'll see if that means this. But but Penguin Publishing has done a new edition of this, but it's back ordered because it's Halloween and they can't print enough. And with all the books, you know, kind of on back order everywhere, this is kind of a thing. So you can find them used if I haven't snatched them up. Uh, uh, <laughs> if I find them used, it's in Mark's house. Don't come here. But, but we'll put a link because there is a UK version that has all of the draw, drawings. Yeah. I'm saying it yeah, correctly. Yeah, the original illustrations yeah. and all that. And it's got a brand new cover. And it's still the same book and everything. And it's available from Canada and UK. Mm-hmm. And you can get it shipped US pretty cheap. Amazon uh, is Amazon yeah, is the source. It, yeah, it yeah, gets there. If your Prime member comes for free, you'll yeah, good. You'll still be getting it. Uh, but it's an amazing story, and I love. Uh, it's it's the Bakshi movie that needs to be made. It's uh, you know if if you could go back in time to the seventies, eighties, and have Ralph Bakshi animate this, it would be one of the greatest movies of all time. And we can all thank Mark for making an obscure reference. A lot of our listeners are like, what the hell is talking Ralph Bakshi. About? He created Wizards and he did the animated Lord of the Rings movies back in the day. Uh, uh, he also did uh, Barrett, uh, one of our favorites, which is the um, uh, Last Unicorn. Last Unicorn. Which, which is Carrie's favorite. Oh my gosh. So, which could be considered a horror story. It is. Way. It's terrifying. You know, we'll put a link in the notes but so you can. Look one up. of the reasons we also brought this up was our good friend Jonathan Mayberry. Yes, Jonathan has Mayberry come out with an edited collection of called Weird Tales, which is the stories from the Weird Tales magazine, which originally printed some of the names you know: mm-hmm. Robert E. Howard, who created Conan, and Solomon Kane uh hp lovecraft um you know but then he's added some newer people like this guy named rl stein that i'm sure you all know uh richard matheson who's like one of my favorites did the great i am legend uh, another classic book um you know, isaac asimov think that stephen king did the i am legend i know but no it's i know i even had that confused for the longest time so it's, sorry, it's, sorry it's like how if anybody does a silly song they always come say oh weird al recorded that no if, if there's a swear word in it weird al never touched it yeah uh that was back in the early days of napster i remember you would always see this song by weird al and you're like he didn't record that no he didn't <laughs> uh but uh not that i ever used napster uh but uh but that but our good friend al going back Bradster, al. al going back Stop. contributed to this and it's an amazing collection and it's you know a huge hardcover and it is called it is called weird tales a hundred years of weird and it's literally 30 bucks it's 30 bucks and it's a beautiful book it's got amazing short stories so we're going to highly you know literary fans we're going to highly recommend it to go out and get it and of course shout out to mr mayberry whom we adore yeah yep yep so definitely the links will all to all these will be in yes it's going to be an epic link session session and and get your amazon cards ready for prime day gang so yeah if you don't get them for halloween you know, get them for next year, buy them early and, you know, start your reading list early. So, so uh, Erica, 
you you have a list of some of ones your favorites. I have a so list, and you went and grabbed all of yours. Which I makes grabbed it very all funny. mine because I didn't need a list because mine are all right here. So handy. So I am gonna start with my number five because we right. like to start with our number five. Yep. My number five, actually, believe it or not, ironically, not coordinated, ties in to Mr. Mayberry. Oh. So my number five is a collection of short stories. It was made into a Netflix series, so we're going to discuss that a little bit, but it is called The V Wars. Oh, yes. Now, Jonathan Mayberry put this short story collection together. He has the origin story of the first recorded vampire incident in there that has to do with, which I love, with a barista in New York that is an actor, right? And that's where it starts. But all of these short stories, what's amazing is he's got some fantastic um, other authors, but the V Wars are vampire wars. That's what it's about. But the premise of this book, and I I promise we're not going to do giveaways of things like that. But the premise of this book is that um, the ice caps are melting. So viruses that existed and we're in gene um, trains. So if you came from a certain area, like there's a Scandinavian mm-hmm. version of the vampire, there's a Romanian version of the vampire. Oh, yes. And all of the vampires have different skills and abilities in different people who came in contact with these melting ice caps that release these, um, I, I won't say viruses, that triggered latent genes to turn some people into vampires. And so each of these stories are about that. And there's one that is my favorite. I've even talked to Jonathan about it. It was not his, but I love him and I love his stories. But <laughs> the, the, one of my favorite has to do with one that's um, Indian based. And Ooh. she turns into kind of a rattlesnake. Basically yeah. her hair gets um, the, the snake scales, like mm. in the light, it shimmers snake scales and she gets two the two protruding um, fangs are filled with venom, like snake venom, yeah. right? Poison. So it's interesting because um, she ends up, um, uh, I'm not going to, no, so not going to give away the ends up. No, no, no. But just... her story is phenomenal. And, but all of the stories, because there's one that goes into the romance of the um, Romanian vampires. Oh, and very nice. here's fun story. I'm going to give a little thing away. They have to feed off kin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the Striga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. But, and the problem is, like, you will run out of family after a while. A little while, yeah. Yeah. So you have to then make new family. Anyway, it's just phenomenal how these stories are weaved together. And it's told from the perspective of the origin and then trying to contain it at different stages, including trying to contain the uh, barista. So. Jonathan yep. Mayberry, V Wars, my number five, absolutely. What's amazing about that is um, we've we, we we that 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 Indian one. There's a I've done you know massive study on vampires mm-hmm. back in the early days, and one of my favorite legends is the Behima Gupta, and that is, is exactly that? that is the Indian vampire, and they they are known to turn into snakes. And bite the udders of cows to make the milk sour and oh wow, you know, which is you know very against uh Hinduism and stuff because the cows are sacred and all that. It's oh, very, wow. very cool. It's and it's there, you know, how we have the ones attack our horses and our, our livestock, the werewolves eat our livestock. It's the same thing, but over there it's 
It's well, snakes. I love that. And what's interesting is, so they made this into a Netflix series that had Ian Somerhalder, who is a good friend of Jonathan Mayberry. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened is the, I, anyway, the, the COVID happened and it stopped production. So from my understanding, they're going to be redoing this, mm-hmm. but more the way the story would, should have been told not the way the story it was, was told. told. It yep. wasn't bad. It's a very interesting season. If you get a chance, I would. It was a serialized version yeah. uh, of the more young adult aspects, which is not the way that series well, should have went. Yeah, well, that and it was the Jonathan's tale told not as much as the, the other ones yeah. that should have been included because they're vital for this stories to kind of make sense together. So yep. anyway, so shout out. That is my number five. What about you? My number five is actually a nonfiction, which is surprising. Oh, what? Uh, and is written by a friend. And it was written by uh, our wonderful friend, Chris Kulstrom. And it is called Drawn to the Dark. And what Chris did was, Chris, she took a year off of her life and traveled the world going to all these places for their basic equivalent of Halloween. Oh wow! So she goes to Krampus Knocked in oh, wow. you know, on Bald Mountain. You know, she does uh, the uh, the Egyptian Day of the Dead in Egypt. You know, and um, and she does um, uh, you know uh, just all these amazing places. She goes to Dante's Inferno Museum. You know, on oh. yeah, and it's in in Milan, and um, you know it's how she did the travels uh it's filled with a few photos from the events but that's not the point it's the interviews with the people and her experiences in doing it she basically slept on couches and backpacked through the places and got to stay with the people running the haunts she does a haunt a a, a zombie walk she even goes to a zombie school uh on how to be a zombie for the zombie walk and you know for a zombie paintball event uh over in the uk and um, it's pretty epic, just lots of fun. And it has a little personal tie because the last chapter was she came to a local haunt in Florida called Hellview Cemetery. And that's the Halloween chapter is how to do a haunt in Halloween. Uh, and so for her American Halloween was was oh, Hellview Cemetery. Picture. And, I, I see a yeah. particular friend of mine. Yeah, and, and my two kids. To. You know, and yeah, one who might be producing this very podcast. So. Producing this podcast. Yeah, show? yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's just one of those. If you really want to get into the spirit of Halloween around the world, you do this one. So I love it. I love it. That is yep. awesome. Okay. Let's do our number four before, number four the break. before we do the breaks. Yeah. Number four. All right. In number four for me is another fun shout out, which is Krotoa. Oh, Crota. Crota. I always Crota. say it wrong. Krotoa. Krotoa is, uh, you're going back to, you're uh, going back Crota. Yes. So oh. um, I did not sleep. Then you warned me of this. I so, told you. Yes, I have been fortunate to. Um, Al going back was on my other podcast, ranking with authors. But I've run into him several times at conventions. One of the most wonderful human beings. He's His amazing. His wife is wonderful. Oh yeah, just, they're just, just great people. Just great, and um, he is one of those authors that I love because he really loves his readers like we do. Yeah. And authors that do that, we are big fans of. Doesn't matter. 
So, Mark, you're a fan of this book, too. I know it's not on your list, but... It's one of my favorite all-time horror books of all time. Why is it one of your favorite? Because you get drawn in. This is not... You feel like this should be a a, a native creature uh, that, you know, exists. I mean, he builds the world around this thing that you're like, oh, gosh, I, I, I need to look up the history of the... The, Cro- the Cro- Croatoa and, and See, I out. almost got you saying yeah, it wrong. Almost, yeah, the, yeah, the Crota. I need Crota. to look up the Crota, not Croatoa. I know, it's but, me. Uh, I'm sorry. I need to look up the Crota. I need to find out the history of this creature. I want to look up the mythology of this creature. He made it up. I know, and I just don't say it. And it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things. There was some board game, I guess, that did that as a monster. And a couple other things have used it as a monster. And he's like, hey... And they're like, oh, no, this is a public domain legend. He's like, no, I, uh, I created it. And it's just, it's that big of a world. It's like, you know, Lovecraft creating the Cthulhu mythos. That's that level. Yeah. It's, it is that level and freaking scary. I mean, it is. It is it, very, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. And then I couldn't sleep. So I had yeah, the combo of like, I need to understand what happens. Yeah. But then I had. I, I am not able to actually go to bed. So Yet thank another you for all going back because that I had to take many, many melatonin. To Yet another like, one that screams adaptation. Because and it hasn't been ad- adapted, ad- adapted for anything. And uh, the um, you get in the mindset of the monster in a couple of the chapters. Yes. Which is incredible. It's like reading Hannibal Lecter, you know, notes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible because it is a monster that hunts for the pleasure of, of the hunting hunt. and uh and that's a little different because a lot of these monsters even a lot of like we talk about dracula and all these kind of things they hunt for survival that's what they're yeah. doing this no this, this is this is it's the predator but, yes but way before predator ever came out and everything and um they all owe allegiance to this and um yes 100 percent, yes yes uh, um, yep, yep so i would um just know if you start reading it be prepared to do it on a friday night if you can yeah get to or, sleep during the day on the weekends there is an amazing audio version available as well so, yeah so uh, if you're driving that'll keep you up truckers out oh there. yeah believe me you, you won't uh um i i really like that one and he does another one called evil whispers which is my number four. Oh, uh, so um uh evil whispers uh, involves a family going on vacation. Well, well a little bit about Cro- uh, Crota before we go. It's a cop investigating a series of strange crimes uh, where the killings are very graphic and very brutal and don't make sense. And that's which pulled me into because you know I love true crime, so it was kind yeah. of like that true crime flavor, but then the supernatural added in, yeah. which just made it better. And then Evil Whispers is mine because it's Florida, it's swamp. And there is a voice in the woods talking to a little girl and that's, and it's a family pulls up to the park and they just have this, oh man, it's the more I say, the more I'm giving away already. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, I've got to be careful because you literally will get pulled in page one. It is, it is one of the best page turners ever. We love you, Al. Al, yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing. Happy Halloween. And, uh, can't wait to have some of your wife's fry bread again. Uh, but um, this and is for the record that wasn't a shout out to get the fry bread. We the books are although, absolutely number yeah, one. Yeah, the books are number one, but the fry bread is number two. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it is right there on that level. Uh, but um, 
But Evil Whispers is one of those, it draws you in. I, I, you can't go wrong with any of Al's books. I mean, Breed is incredible. If you go to St. Augustine, read Breed before you go. If you know, Evil Whispers, if you're doing any sort of road tripping in Florida, which I wrote three books about road tripping in Florida, Evil Whispers is my go-to to get in the mood. It is to get in the mood. It is it is Halloween in the swamps, monsters, legends. Again, now this one does have a little bit of real native lore in it because there's actually a native lore, uh, a, a character who's being influenced by a, a native guide, a spirit guide that is guiding them on their way. Okay, you're and about to give away too much. That's, I'm just saying... Out. Just trust me, when you see the cover, it doesn't do it justice, pick it up. You'll you'll love it. So absolutely. Okay. So that's number five and number four. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be yep. right back. All right. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky. Horrible occurrences, almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia. Or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock? Or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. We're back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this so, has been fun already. It has so. been. And I feel like we could talk for hours on books, but we got to be careful. It's like we, it's like we used to do a, po- we do a podcast with authors. On it's weird. It's, so, yeah. it's like we read books, but I think we should do a couple of honorable mentions. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, definitely. I have a couple honorable mentions. One of them, um, I have to give a shout out to. He's been on our podcast, but um, he has been a horror writer for many, many years. He writes both adult and young adult horror books. Um, But one of his favorites that I have, because it's circa 1980, and I love it, love it, love it, is Blister by Jeff Strand. Jeff Strand is incredible. We had him on for our Attack of the Killer Tomatoes episode. Because he wrote a companion book for that. Yeah, which is fun read, but... He puts out about two books a year. Yeah. And he does a lot of humorous horror. Which is my fave. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, um, you know, still graphic, gory, whatever. But his stories are very fun and there's humor to them and things like that. Blister happens to be set in the 1980s and it is about a comic writer who ends up um learning about a a woman who lives in like a shed basically right who has 
um, blisters all over her and is wrapped and there's folk tales and, and there's teasing Ooh. of her and bullying. And that's all I'm going to say, but I love that book. So that is an honorable mention, Mr. Jeff Strand, yep. Blister. And then one other one I want to honorably mention, which is um, if you like uh, a little bit of um, romance slash erotica in your <laughs> it's steamy romance, and I'm going to say this because I feel like the first five in this now 30 book series, and I have read them oh all, my goodness. are um, really, really good stories for as far as horror goes, because it's about a detective who has an ability to raise the dead. Ooh, and she uses it to like confirm wills and investigate murders, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, good stuff. But then she gets tied into the paranormal world that has um vampires and werewolves and all sorts of creatures that go into it but it is the first one it's the amnita blake series by oh, laurel k hamilton, hamilton. yeah and the first one is called guilty pleasures yeah and the is, uh... first i want to say five get very into the stories and some folklore around different like paranormal creatures and her yeah. investigative and then it gets into a lot of sex and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they, so they, they definitely they, transform. They yeah. transform. So, and if you're into that, it's great. I don't think they're bad. Laurel King. No, no, no. It's, it's like, you know, it's, I love the Dresden Files, but I do have a tough time getting people into the early books because they are such, they're written to, as noir novels. So Harry is the most hard up guy in the world. So every girl is beautiful to him. But that's, that's how the 1940s noir style that he's, kind of imitating yeah. Into my yeah, office, exactly that know? kind of thing so it's tough to get i can i can't universally recommend them but everybody who does get into them loves them and it's again folklore great history and then again the plot just gets crazier and crazier as each one goes on there's a really good one that's all ghosts called um uh grave peril and that's like the third book in the series it's a good jumping on point and you miss some of the kind of a little overly misogynistic stuff the first couple books uh, so, you know, again, another series, uh, uh, honorable mention, because we love Jim Butcher and we love the Dresden Falls. I can't put them down. Yeah, uh, no. They're guilty pleasures, guilty pleasures. I agree. And then there's another author, if you like serial killer type books that I, I enjoy, he does a, his, um, mainly in these books, it's a female protagonist. So mm -hmm. big fan of that. His name is Mike Omer. And the first one is the Zoe Bentley series. And oh, yeah. It's yes. called um, Killer mirror i think killer mm. mirror is the first one but it's the zoe bentley if i'm not saying it correctly but i'll put the link mike omer and it is about a girl who um a female who works with the fbi she's not an fbi agent but she is a um a criminologist like she can put the pattern of a crime together but she has a previous experience with a serial killer that was never caught oh but the crimes that are occurring are kind of similar to this. Oh, and is he uh, back? And that copycat, is he back? Yeah. But it's the thing I loved about it, and it's similar to one of the other ones on my list, is that um it's it's done very much like these investigations go. Because some of these books sometimes that I love are written though in, in the fantastical world of what we believe right. is an FBI investigation yeah. versus a lot of times people don't realize the FBI doesn't actually get involved until it crosses state, state lines, lines or or it's just a big enough deal that there's enough pressure that they have to invite the yeah. FBI in. A lot of people think it's a serial killer. The FBI gets involved. No, I mean, there was one 
that was in Tampa a few years ago where he was shooting people. He was just killing just random people. Around and yeah. people. And it turned out he worked at a McDonald's in Ybor City. Yep. I, I've gone to that McDonald's when I've gone clubbing. <laughs> uh, not going to lie. Maybe he served me burgers. Who knows? But Who he knows? was caught, but he killed six people. The FBI was not involved in that. That was um, yeah, the local, Tampa Police Department and stuff investigating and following the clues and discovering them. So I, what I like about the Bentleys is it's not, when the FBI gets involved is because it is cross state lines and they don't really want to be involved. And and then of course it does a good job of um, the machismo that goes with, this is my investigation. This is my investigation and how that can really cock up things. So anyway, yeah. those are my honorable mentions. What about a couple more of yours, Mark? Um, well, uh, a couple more of my honorable mentions are uh, the wonderful books that Alfred Hitchcock presents Ooh. came out back in the day. Uh, he did Alfred Hitchcock mysteries. He did Alfred Hitchcock. Now these were not anything by Alfred Hitchcock. He wrote the little intros to them and outros, but these were done by old ghost writers oh wow and stuff like that back in the day and they hold up they're fun little tales they're quick easy reads so highly recommend them very cool. uh one of the more recent things speaking of television were we that, that uh i just recently got from a kickstarter uh is the 50th anniversary retrospective of rod serling's night gallery oh my gosh i know how much you love the night gallery i love the night gallery it was i love twilight zone don't get me wrong twilight zone's the king but night gallery does not get enough love uh and i think it's actually the superior product and it, you know overall and and this actually has some of the original oh my gosh that book is huge it has some of the original art oh from wow the episodes the actual paintings uh but then it's got scripts about every single episode the reasons behind it, the making ofs, and the stories that they were based on. And oh it's my just, gosh. It's a treasure. And yeah, honestly, I literally just cracked the spine while we were talking here. So um, I cannot wait to dig into this. Highly recommend you pick it up before it's gone because it is a Kickstarter print. They are not reprinting this. Oh, so, wow. So, um, so grab it while you can. And then my last um, honorable huh? mention, well, we've already talked about Haunting of Hill House. We've talked about night in the lonesome october so those would definitely be up there for me but the classics read dracula read frankenstein they're a classic for a reason and if you don't read if you only read one dracula is the one that holds up because it is written as a bunch of diaries entries and newspaper clippings and stuff like that so that you get pulled into the story much easier than frankenstein which is very well, and, and Mary Shirley's Frankenstein is about the monster. Yeah. You know, that, and that's, you know, everybody calls him Frankenstein. Frankenstein is not the yeah. monster. No. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other one would be, uh, if you're going to go back, you know, a lot of people love reading Lovecraft this time of year. A lot of people love reading Robert E. Howard this time of year. I would recommend his Solomon Kane stories. Uh, oh, if we're are, going Lovecraft, I'm going to go The Midian. Midian is Midian is my favorite Lovecraft yeah. by far, and they made a movie out of it in the eighties, and it actually was really good called Nightbreed. Nightbreed, which was Clive Barker's inversion of the uh, yeah of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Um, but uh, the one I would recommend is actually by Ch uh, Chambers, and that is called uh, The King in Yellow, and it is probably Lovecraft adjacent. It's all about Haster cycle. 
which um, is just as he's a sub elder god. He's not Cthulhu, but he's up there. And, you know, the king in yellow, the yellow sign, the fact that True Detective, HBO's True Detective, their first season was hinting at the king in yellow the whole time. And that's why a lot of us were a little disappointed in the ending of that, that it didn't go all full in. But uh, it's very, very cool. And it's just an amazing read. So Dia, don't don't ignore the classics, people. Read yeah, classics. and if, um, you know, a lot of people say Lovecraft. Some people might not know what that means. Lovecraft did a lot with the elder gods that are actually parts of history and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, but the gods that are talked about and the forgotten the, gods, the darker yeah. gods. So it, Lovecraft is amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, it's just, it's one of those fun things. And that's what the call of Cthulhu role-playing games about. And when you see that little uh, plushy squid headed thing back, you know, the way Lovecraft wrote it, you know, if you would have found that, you know, like an ancient civilization that worshiped that, it would have driven you crazy. Cause you've been like, how could something like this exist? Now we look at that and go, oh, let's make a plushie and put it on a car window. Yeah, yeah so it's got a couple of those. Yeah, plushies, exactly. So that so, works out well. Okay. But that's why we love that series. All right, Here's so now three. my number three, I'm going. Uh, now I'm going to have you read this one opening paragraph from your number from three. my number three, and okay. just tell me if this is not Halloween. Okay, it's called. Let's see here. I'll just start. I with... know. I'm going to start. I got it. Okay, October Country. Dot dot dot. That country where it is always turning late in the year. Ooh. That country where the hills are fog and the rivers are mist. Where noons go quickly, dusks and twilights linger, and midnights stay. The country composed in the main of cellars, subcellars, coal bins, closets, attics, and pantries faced away from the sun. That country whose people are autumn people thinking only of autumn thoughts, whose people passing at night on the empty walks sound like rain. Ooh, I got chills. What is this that I'm reading? You just read October Country, which is Ray Bradbury. It's a collection of just short stories and little vignettes that he didn't develop into full novellas and things like that that he had done over the years. And this came out in 1999. Wow. Of all things, uh, one of his last published projects. And it's incredible. Uh, and he, he you know, talks about you know, the books that inspired him and all this. Uh, and of course, he's, uh, you know, this is just his. Uh, the it, there's so many little stories. There's a love story. There's a skeleton fighting his own body. There's, you know, wow. um, there's a lot of other fun little things. And uh, and he's just little things that piqued his interest when he was a kid, and he's bringing them back. He wanted to go back to being that kid, you know, that was exploring October and all that. I and would be one of the October people. Exactly. I and, think we uh, are October people. Can we be honorary October, October people? people? Well, I think we're reading Night in the Lonesome October. So we're so protected. We're part of the October Society. So yeah, oh, so. get us sued. By yeah, yeah, no, we'll they'll get sued by the it. Amber by the Amber Foundation. Okay, let's not. All right, that. all right. So, but anyway, so yeah, that's my number three. That's What's your it? number. three. What's your number three? Okay, it's a classic. Are we ready? By classic, I mean my classic, not your classic. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go old school. Stephen King's It. Oh, it's a classic. It yes. is because a lot of people um, don't realize what um because that and pet cemetery are two where the new movies i'm going to say stephen king's ed terrifying the new movies or the original movie that was done and it wasn't a movie it was a made for made TV, tv miniseries miniseries 
which had just the most amazing cast, but yeah. the um, clowns are terrifying. <laughs> clowns are just still terrifying. Um, shout out to one of my very best friends, Brandy, who I'm going to bring up clowns. She's yep. listening right now and, you know, oh, I had a ter- touching me in the face. I had, I was terrified of clowns for years. I had a shirt that said, can't sleep, clowns will eat me, can't sleep, clowns will eat me. I had that uh, shirt for years and everybody gave me grief about it. I was trying to defeat my fear of clowns. Working in the haunt industry and working at Hellview, that got me cured of clowns pretty quick. So Yeah. Well, did you know, because I know the amazing Carrie, your wife, does spiders, but there's a clown spider. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That looks like a clown face. It does. And- so for those afraid of spiders and clowns, you can do that. But Stephen King's It, I feel like, had such an impact for younger, because it's really the story of these younger kids. And then as an adult, it I felt like it really shows, and you should read the book, people. Read the book, the, the there's, movie. There's one problematic chapter. There is one okay. problematic chapter, but... Um, other than that problematic chapter that involves um don't worry about it yeah, yeah you'll, you'll know it when you you'll get know to when it. you get there you can skip that chapter it has no impact on yeah. the story yeah yeah um but it is really interesting but also for me it showed um a little bit of stephen king's craziness because oh. of the space <laughs> things like that oh yeah which were hinted at in the newer movies so what yeah. i will give mass credit on is um, the original story was great, except for the ending. I love Tim Curry. Tim Curry, I'm a ride or yep. die with Tim Curry all the way. Yep. But the monster at the end of that was terrible. Well, they ran out of budget. They yeah. ran out of budget, and it looked like something you could buy at Party City. Yeah, yeah. So if you get a chance to watch the original, it's I will say amazing. Yeah. it's amazing, and it's so creepy because these adults have to go back and confront these things that they have ignored and have shoved away and shoved away locked it's in the closet of their brain one of them takes his own life and that's what starts mm. this again so anyway my shout out is to stephen king's it second to that is pet cemetery to me because the indian folklore and pet cemetery oh, which is completely ignored in all the movies, movies yep. makes that book 10 times more terrifying than the movies and yep. i will say this pet cemetery not a fan of either one of the movies i no, didn't think they did it justice I, I did like uh fred gwynn as oh the, i as loved him but he was the only thing to say and then little little gage, gage i think was the actors were great yeah. it's not the acting it's i feel no. like they, they missed just, the story they they, they, they put in different beats that should have been for yeah. the book. yeah so no. that's my number three what's your number two mark my number two is from uh the great Ravenloft book series from Dungeons and Dragons. I love <laughs> going back to it was one of my first jobs, so I can't argue that. No, so, you can't. So it hit me on a different level. Um, but it is um it is just one of those books, uh the series that's very cool. It's if for those of you who don't know, Dungeons and Dragons had built up all these classic villains over the years, and they needed a place for them. To, to grow to grow and stay so they get locked in a hell of their own making literally and that becomes this domain of dread the land of ravenloft and ravenloft is each guy has their own little tailor prison for them but there is one at the heart of it all the namesake ravenloft and it was the the guy who was there is the classic epitome of the vampire count strad von zarovich 
And he has the classic Abraham von Helsing character after him, Rudolf Van Richten. And at one point, Van Richten has figured out that Strahd is asleep. He walks right in to Castle Ravenloft and nothing attacks him and all this. So he's he's got a limited window because he's figured out how long the vampire works and all this. But inside he finds his personal journal. And that becomes the book, I Strahd by the great P.N. Elrod, who had written a bunch of Vampire Files books and other stuff, and TSR hired them to write this novel. The uh, audio version, the original audio version, I think is far superior to the, the newer version. The original was read by Roddy McDowell. Oh. So it's hard to beat that. Uh, Roddy McDowell was a great character. For those of us who remember Fright Night, the original, he was Peter Vincent. Uh, for those of you who like Batman the Animated Series, he was Mad Hatter uh, in a lot of the animated episodes. But he's, uh, I remember from Planet of the Apes and, and of course, Twilight Zone and a lot of other things. Uh, but uh, his version of Istrad is, I can listen to that over and over. The book is amazing uh, and it follows the vampire tropes, but it makes you, you realize this is an unreliable narrator. It's from his point of view on how he makes a deal with the devil, basically, to stay immortal. And, um, and to the fact that that's one of the new edition of Dungeons and Dragons, one of their biggest things was Curse of Strahd. And it's basically, you know, your characters interacting with Strahd a hundred years after this book. Yeah. So, or hundreds of years after this book, maybe thousands, because we don't know how long. So, well, and so for those listeners who are like, I don't play role playing, you don't have to play to read Just these read, books. Read, you the, can read book. the books. They're amazing stories. You don't have to know the backstory. It's fantasy light. There's not a lot of, there is some magic and stuff, but it's it's Game of Thrones level magic. So yes. Like yes. first few seasons of Game of Thrones level magic. So awesome. Okay. Mine. All right, so yours. Ready? Yep. Um, Is the uh, Red Dragon. Oh. So there was movies made. Everybody became very familiar with the Silence of the, the Lambs. Lambs. Yep. And I learned recently that did you know Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster did not talk at all? Yeah, ever during yeah. that filming until the very last day. Dick. She was having lunch, mm -hmm. and he came up, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm terrified of you." And he literally went, well, "I'm terrified of you." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It was very, <laughs> it very worked, good. But I think it helped build that, but a lot of people don't realize it started with a book called Red Dragon, Red Dragon. Yeah, and it's about the detectives and stuff like that. And um, it is because I'm more true crime. You know, we we all know that listening to the show. Yeah. But what's scary about the way he wrote these books is that these are are realistic kind of killers, like oh, yeah. serial killers. And I think that humans can be way more terrifying than monsters. Like what humans will do to each other is way more terrifying oh, than what monsters 100%, 100%. will do. And so those are the kind of things that scare me. And they did make Red Dragon into a, a movie. It is okay. It is. Yeah, it's not, not it, terrible. No. I mean, I think it was very hard to beat Songs of the Lambs. The yeah. second, you know, yeah. Songs of the Lambs had Julianne Moore instead of Jodie Foster. I, uh, and Gary Oldman and stuff. That was well done. Well done, but you know, again, you're holding you know a mirror up to a something that, masterpiece. Yeah, you know, and but Red Dragon, that story, sort of origin story oh, of yeah. Hannibal Lecter in a way, is because he's one of the most terrifying things. Because here's this doctor mm -hmm. and all this. So I'm not, I, anyway, Red Dragon is my number two. Yeah. So yeah. that drum rolls us, Mark. Oh. Little drum roll. Duh. All right. 
So before we go into our number ones, are we doing another honorable? I just want to do a couple quick honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, these are actually nonfictions um, that uh, I highly recommend. One is called Halloween Nation uh, from the I Skull Halloween Collection uh, by Leslie Pratt uh, Ballantine, uh, Ballantine. And it is basically how do you celebrate Halloween? It's uh, you know, a collection of you know where it started and how it gone and how it's become what it's become. Even mentions a few great haunts and stuff like that. Uh, and then the other fun one uh, she also did was called A Halloween Reader. Okay. And this is classic poems, stories, and plays from Halloween's past. So it literally is a collection of old short stories and poems. And it's got, of course, Medgar Allan Poe and some Washington Irving, but it also has some really obscure stuff that I had never read before in here. And it's just fun to flip through a random chapter on a Halloween night, you know, for October. Um, uh, very, very good. But okay. Wait, but we should do a reminder to listeners because we're coming up, we're going to have our Halloween episode a few episodes from now. But one of the things about this particular year is that first of all, All Hallows Eve right. is um a druidic pagan type of, yeah, yeah holiday, right? It was not it's not in the Christian Catholic yeah. faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a All Saints Day was was adopted for this. Yeah. Yes. But um Halloween was considered a holiday in the fact that it was the day that the veil between the spiritual world and the human world is the thinnest. Yeah, because the nights are getting their darkest. They're getting their darkest. Yeah. And so the night between the equinox and the and the solstice. And so, the yeah. solstice. And what's interesting about I already just got goosebumps, everybody. So yeah. what's interesting is this year, first of all, this October has been weird as fuck. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Agree with me. This has been a very weird, like this is stuff happening. There's been great stuff for us, but there's been weird stuff, stuff for us happening. Yep. Yeah, no. And some things to you know, we've had our and thank you, fans, so much for all the interactions because you're sharing some stories too. Yeah, that um, you know, um, we you know we we discussed some other things that have kind of built up with with that too. So thank you so much for sharing your. Thing. Please always share and share your favorite books with us. We didn't say that yeah. yet, but this year is the veil is the thinnest it's ever been. The oriented meteor shower ends yeah. the night before. Uh, so we'll still see, you know, some, some, some leftovers of that. Um, yeah. For those uh, who follow lunar cycles, this is like peak. This is, there is a lot of weird wow. stuff. So if you're having a weird October travelers, this is why. So yeah. we're, we're buckled up me and Mark, but, and we're going to go into our book ones, but we are buckled up for this holiday because yeah. it has become before candy was given out. It, it was protection and knowing that the spirit realm is right next to us yes yes yes. so, yes, so. for that mark what is do you want me to go first or do you want to go first i'll go first with mine okay mark, what is first your first one well uh yeah we we've discussed um uh, you know haunting of hill house we've discussed all these great great books in the past i went a little modern for this one what so i know what? Are you it's seeing? not exactly modern it's because it's season it's, i'm just thrown off by this it's 20 years old now but okay uh it is the house of leaves my by mark z Daniluski. i think i pronounced that right uh for those of you who know this book you will have 
you will discuss this book I don't to know all book. of your friends. This is the greatest modern haunted house book of all time. Uh, How have you not forced me to read this yet, Mark? Uh, because I only have one copy. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so I don't loan this one out, everything. Um, there are little... It, this is like reading three books at once. Okay. Because you are reading the book that... Um, um, which was... Um, the, the front line. It says, this is not for you. Okay. So um, I'll just read the first paragraph. I still get nightmares. In fact, I get them so often, I should be used to them by now. I'm not. No one ever really gets used to nightmares. Oh. Um, so this guy buys a, a, a book, uh, buy, buys a house. And in the house, he finds a book. And it's written by this filmmaker, who this famous filmmaker and he was bought this house, retired to this big fancy house. This guy's, this guy's re renovating the house. Right. And he finds this book hidden in it. Did they do a movie or a no, documentary? Based nothing, on? nothing oh. has ever adapted this. Because, wow. um, now what happens is he, uh, so the first bits are his bits, you know, and, uh, and then so, but here's from 1997, this is January 5th, isn't there a little bit? Whoever finds and publishes this work shall be entitled to all proceeds. I ask only that my name take its rightful place. Perhaps you will even prosper. If, however, you discover that readers are less than sympathetic and choose to dismiss this enterprise out of hand, then may I suggest you drink plenty of wine and dance in the sheets of your wedding night for whether you know it or not, now you truly are prosperous. They say truth stands the test of time I can think of no greater comfort knowing that this document failed such a test. So that's where he starts getting into the book. And so this is Johnny Truant, who's the guy who finds this. Okay. So he is the footnotes on this. Oh, wow. The Navison Records is the name of the actual book book in the book. And that's written by the producer, right? Okay. Uh, this, this film producer. He bought this house and little things he starts noticing about the house don't quite add oh. up so one of the things he figures out is there's this long hallway on the house with several windows it doesn't match up to the outside of the house so he goes in one window he goes outside walks the few steps comes back in the other window he's gone twice the distance oh wow of, of, ah, yeah no so, no yeah I'm moving you and so that, he I, makes YouTube videos of this uh, to, to show that this is real. And now there are more footnotes. Who's writing the other footnotes? We don't know. Oh, no. And so the, the story goes on and on. The writing gets more and more eclectic. And there are pages literally formatted weirdly. It looked, when you pick up the book, you're like, what is, what is this? But it makes sense when you read it and there are people who have there are groups out there on how to read this properly should you read the footnotes first you read them as you read them she just there is no wrong way to read it because it will just suck you in oh see now i'm gonna have to order this book right away yeah yeah you can get that um it's it's just one of those books it's an experience and it looks like from looking at it that the audiobook will not do this justice no uh, no do no. not okay. get the audiobook do yeah. not i will this is one of the few that i'd be like nope and again, I don't know how it would ever see the light of day as a movie. 
Oh because, yeah, no, it's that's super. And that's the, the appendices at the end are even weirder. It's just one of those. Just trust me, gang. Pick it up and enjoy the best few hours of your life reading this amazing book, or possibly day or two, because it yeah. is a beast. I'll have to check it out. It definitely looks like one that I need to make sure I have plenty of time to melatonin myself. Yeah, yeah. There's a whiskey uh, myself, which yeah. Is there there are a few books that have tried to copy it uh unsuccessfully I, even jj abrams did a fun one called s which is uh ship of theseus his take on that and it's got notes in the sidelines and stuff but it's not nearly this this okay. is this is amazing well i'll have to check that out okay so my number one comes from um an author i found at a convention always fun yeah he's amazing but this particular book is one where um it is called i am not a serial killer Oh, by Dan Wells. Dan, yes. Shout out, Dan, Mr. Wells. Fantastic. I love Mr. Wells, but um, this book, again, and sounds like I'm going the true crime route, but I'm not. This book is very Lovecraftian. Yes, because it is about um a sociopathic teenager who knows that he's a sociopath. Yep. So he has these rules for himself so that he interacts well and doesn't kill people right right? his um, mom runs the town mortuary he's used to being around dead bodies but there's something up with his neighbor and there's a thing that he's seen and that is killing people in the town right lovely and there's some mystery around it but let's just say this thing is not human so this is actually the first in a series and I picked it up at a convention. I just saw the title that says, I'm not a serious yeah, killer. Yeah, no. And I was like, mine, mine. I, yeah, I think I, I picked about. it up for my daughter at one point. And, and then she's like, dad, this is great. You need to read this. And so I did. So Yeah. Oh, my God. And there was actually a movie done. Christopher Lloyd stars in this yeah. movie. And I have to say, the book, of course, read the book. Hands down, read the book. But the casting of this movie and the with Christopher Lloyd, I'm not going to give it away, no. but the young man that they got to play the lead character, brilliant. It was yeah. brilliantly done. And they did such a great story of telling this story, which is a huge difference. And so shout out to Mr. Wells. I am not a serial killer. I will be reading it again after the night in Lonesome October because yep. I absolutely love it. You can check out the movie, check out the audiobook. And it's a great audiobook. But too. it is my number one because it is from the mindset of this young man mm-hmm. who knows that if he went to the dark side, he would be a serial killer. Like yeah. he knows that. So he has rules of interacting with people and what he's supposed to do and how he's supposed to That's behave right. and all of these things so that he appears normal in society. So yeah. that is that is my number one. Yeah. No. No. Uh, like I said, I we could have gone on and on and on and on uh, and, and on, on and on and on. Gang, I literally, we're in my library, and Erica got a taste of it. Uh, surrounded. I'm yeah, surrounded by good book. stuff. Um, one of my favorite audiobooks to listen to is uh, World War Z. Oh by, yeah, uh, I just Max Brooks, that. Uh, which is great because he got it's Mel Brooks's son, Max Brooks. Uh, but because he has Mel Brooks's connections. He was able to get some of the most amazing Hollywood talent to do these 
little short stories you talk about your v wars yeah it was z war yeah it's basically it's the zombie war and it's all these and stories z wars has the same kind of all-star cast yep. that's doing the z war yeah yeah so, the v wars yeah, yeah it's yeah, great v -Wars, so, yeah. yeah no it's uh definitely those are two fantastics um like I said, there's so many we could just go on and on gang i like reading novelization tie-ins to like buffy and uh you know i even like some of the old video game tie-ins and stuff like that that are horror related uh, the Resident Evil novels are actually fun reads. Uh, one of my favorites was a series, Gabriel Knight series. Uh, Jane uh, Anson did. Um, and then one was called Sins of Thought. It was very voodoo. Uh, second one was very werewolves. Uh, but the third one was called Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. And it was about the bloodline of Christ and vampires wanting to corrupt it. And later, of course, now angels and demons comes out and uh you know oh, Dan brown's wow. collection and i'm always like i wonder if he actually played her video games and read her book because he's literally talking all her stuff but she did the same research he did just 10 years before him but yeah, yeah. no totally totally but well that's, yeah gang i mean we you, tell you, us your favorite books we want yes, to know your halloween books. i want i want new ones i want to read new ones and if you read these let us know what you think of them and uh tell us if these are you know, some of your new favorites and stuff. We'd love to hear that. And of course, you can always reward the worlds. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Back to, I did find Mark a copy that I just gave yeah, you. Yeah, a new one I didn't have. So yes. I, I have several copies of that. And, uh, you know, and I've always welcomed to more and, uh, you know, get buy extra copies of Once in October and give them to your friends. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's what we do. And I'd say buy some of these and give extra copies to your friends because, you know, not everybody goes, well, all right, I'll get that later. And then they don't, you know, mm -hmm. um, um you know, give books we're big fans of give, give books but give but... books because give book gifts never go away so uh gang with that note i will say the lights are getting dark the turning of the year has come the veil is getting thin the veil is getting very thin and we will see you on the other side <laughs>